0: Hey listeners, before we get started this week, I wanted to point you in the direction of a great resources for midwives. It's called midwiferybusinessconsultation.com. In particular, Leslie has some courses on her website, how to start a birth center, how to start a home birth practice, billing and coding for midwives, birth assistant training, And I know that a little bird has told me she has many more courses coming out. If you want to go onto her website, midwiferybusinessconsultation.com, you can order a course and use the code journey20discount, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y, 20 discount, and get 20% off your course. Hello, loyal listeners. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast Journey to Midwifery so far, and have learned that it's exactly that, each person's journey to midwifery. This week, I wanted to mix it up a little bit and give you a special podcast focusing on what exactly a certified nurse midwife is. I'm going to discuss how to get there, the role of a certified nurse midwife, and a little bit about the legality issues in the United States. I hope to do more of these episodes for you, talking about the varying roles of midwives in the United States, and hopefully internationally. I'll be doing my research, but for now, I hope you enjoy this episode. What exactly is a certified nurse midwife, or a CNM for short? A CNM is first a registered nurse. In the United States, registered nurses complete an associate's or four-year bachelor's degree in order to take the nursing board exam. In order to apply for school as a CNM, a registered nurse must have a four-year degree. There are some schools such as Frontier University that offer a bridge program where a current nurse with an associate's degree can go right into the master's degree program. However, the majority of cases do require the registered nurse have completed a bachelor's degree. The registered nurse then goes on into a graduate degree that at this time is either a master's in nursing or a doctorate of nursing practice. The American Association of Colleges of Nursing have recommended requiring the DNP for all advanced practice nurses, but for now it's either. One of the biggest requirements to graduate with a DNP is completion of the DNP project. The doctorate of nursing Practice Project is a scholarly project that demonstrates clinical scholarship. The project will include research, data gathering, literature review, implementation, and the impact on systems. Variations of this are utilized to evaluate the doctoral candidates, evaluation, and interpretation of learning, and keeps DMP programs running on a consistent basis. It is important to understand the DMP is not a thesis as a PhD students complete. It is a very extensive project, and I believe is equally as challenging as a thesis. It is simply approached from more of a clinical application perspective versus pure research as in a PhD. Both the master's and doctoral program require several hundred clinical hours. Usually a range of 20 to 40 births are required prior to graduation, as well as various procedures depending on your school's guidelines. When graduation is complete, the school will mail a completion letter to the American Midwifery Certification Board. This is the governing body for the Certified Nurse Midwife Certification. When American Midwifery Certification Board, or AMCB, receives that completion statement, you are then eligible to take your board exam. You can take your board exam in any state. They will report your passing to any state you choose. In other words, you can take your exam in Hawaii and have AMCB notify California Board of Nursing. When you pass the board exam, you can begin applying for your state licensure. You will be required to have an RN license as well as an advanced practice nursing license or a nurse practitioner license, depending on what the state calls it. In most states, CNMs fall under the umbrella of nurse practitioners. You can verify this with your particular state of practice. Some states also require a license to prescribe medication. In addition, a DEA license is required to prescribe narcotics, but may not be needed depending on your scope of practice or your particular needs as a practitioner or your private practice's preferences. CNMs are legal to practice in all 50 states and are recognized as providers or practitioners The laws vary in each state as to the level of autonomy for the CNM. And I may go into this detail in a future podcast. I'm gonna go into a little greater explanation of the scope of practice for a certified nurse midwife for those that may not quite know what a CNM does as well as international midwives who practice differently than here in the United States. CNMs are independent practitioners. They practice in outpatient settings, clinics, inpatient hospital labor and delivery units, birth centers, and home birth practice. When in a home birth or birth setting, the midwife is typically totally autonomous. They have a lower volume of patients and they may or may not have a formal backup of an OB surgeon or a hospital they can consult with or transfer to. If there is not a formal relationship, most will have at least an informal relationship with the local hospitals that they will transfer their moms to. Birth centers and home birth practices see only low-risk women, but most also include well-women care, contraception, and even problem visits. Home birth and birth center midwives will monitor the mother's progress in labor, be there to comfort and support her along with her support team, help bring the baby earthside, and manage any postpartum complications such as vaginal lacerations or postpartum hemorrhage. The midwife is also in monitoring and discussing with the family if there's anything not normal and transfer to a higher level of care if indicated. Home birth and birth center midwives also do all postpartum care and they care for the baby for up to one month of life. After that one month, the baby will transition to pediatric care. Other certified nurse midwives practice in a clinic only setting, seeing outpatient OB, gynecology, managing contraception and much more. They may work in a clinic because that's their preferred choice of practice, or they may work for a federally funded program such as Planned Parenthood that is only outpatient clinic and does not manage pregnant and laboring patients. The majority of midwives, approximately 80%, practice in a combination of outpatient clinic and labor and delivery. Some even actually work on labor and delivery alone, alone and they are called laborists, meaning they don't work in the clinic at all. Many of the midwives on my interview discussed their various schedules of rotating clinic and labor and delivery, so go take a listen to the other episodes for more details. But again, clinic is seeing a range of OB, gyne, contraception, and problem visits. On L&D, here in the United States, the midwife is in charge of all the laboring women that belong to her practice or her patient panel. The midwife will write the orders, manage the overall labor progress with the family, assess if things are progressing normally or abnormal and would consult a physician if the events were abnormal for labor. Certified nurse midwives in hospitals often manage high risk women such as diabetics and hypertension, but this will vary based on location and culture of practice. The midwife is not able to be at the bedside all the time with each woman, as she may have 5, 10, 15, or more laboring women, and each one or two Women is cared for by the L and D RN. The RN will implement the orders given by the midwife. The RN will be at the bedside more often for comfort. The RN will notify the midwife if anything is abnormal with the mother. The RN will give any medication if ordered by the midwife, manage oxytocin drip, and provide care on a closer one-on-one basis. The midwife will be more present if she can be and if census allows, but that's not always the case, depending on the patient load and the acuity of labor and delivery. The RN and CNMs function together as a team, and ultimately the midwife will catch the baby and direct any postpartum complications, such as medication, that the RN will administer. The hospital midwife does not care for the newborn baby. The nurses and pediatric team provide the newborn care. As you can see, on top of the varying types of midwives in the United States, there are varying levels of practice just at the certified nurse midwife level. If you'd like more information on what institution to choose, the American College of Nurse Midwives has a helpful website at www.midwife.org. Click on the learn and become a midwife. You can follow the links to get a whole lot more information. You can also go directly to www.midwife.org ACME and follow the link for accredited institutions. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to interview or know someone who does or encourage someone who has a great story or viewpoint to share, have them reach out to me. Easy to find. I'm in one place now, podcast at com. The email address is in the show notes and on the podcast page. But again, podcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear from you and share your story.